If you want to turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, please. Genesis chapter 1. And we're starting a new series, and I don't know what the title is yet, so um, I guess we'll find out here in a little bit. In Genesis chapter 1, we're going to see how God separated things, how he created things, how he made things when he created this world. But we'll see how God, in doing all of this, he put boundaries, he put limitations on what he created. And we would be wise to stay within those boundaries. Okay? When we stay within those boundaries and His desires for our lives, then we will live the best life we can ever live. And we can live without any problem. We can live without knowing God. And we're going to see that through here. But that's not the life that God has called us to. Whether you're saved or unsaved. He's called us to live a life for Him. But for some reason, it, we neither never get there or we take a long time getting there. And I want to, hopefully this is going to encourage you to get there as fast as you can. In Genesis chapter 1, we're going to start, uh, don't bring it up yet, but we're going to start in verse 9. But... In the verses previous to that, the first thing that he did was he spoke light because there was darkness. Okay. Then the second thing that he did was he said he separated the waters from the expanse and created the heavens. We're going to pick it up in verse 9, Genesis 1-9. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth. Everybody say earth. Okay, this is God speaking. And the waters that were gathered together, he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, and, and this is what I want us to pick up on. Let the earth sprout vegetation. Okay. Now, I just want to pause here for a minute because... In the other ones, God spoke and it happened. Let there be light and there was light. Okay? But now he's speaking to the earth. Okay? He is speaking, but now he's given permission to the earth. He's declaring the purposes of the earth. Alright? Verse 11, And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind, on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. Now, we have to understand that God caused this to happen through the earth. He's not speaking it now. He's calling it forth from the earth. There's a life that God is calling forth out of us as well. 
And we have to hear his voice. But it's the earth that would give life to all this vegetation that's going to come forth. And so here's what I mean by this. If you were to take a tree, if it's a big tree, you knock it down and pull it up. Or if you take a small tree and you dig it up or, you know, as we have the storms come through, if you've been up towards Cedar Rapids, you know, after the derecho, you've seen this. If you take a tree or a plant, you pull it up out of the ground, what's it going to do? It's going to die. Why? Because there's life in the earth. There's life in the soil. There's nutrients that that tree, if it's going to live, it has to have. There's the water that it has to have. There's the sun that it has to have. All of that, in order for it to grow and to have life and to be sustained, it has to have or be connected to the earth. It's going to die because it's separated from its source of life. The source of its nutrients and water and minerals. And even though there may be sun there, it's not going to do it any good. Remove a tree or a plant from the earth from its life source and it dies. Or, on the other hand, if you think about this, if you have... Too much of something. Now, I know that there's exceptions to this because you can drive and find trees that are in swamps and different things like that. But ordinarily, a tree will not grow when it's just in water. Okay, there are certain trees that will, but most trees, if you have a garden, you just keep pouring water on it and it's not going to grow. It's not going to yield a harvest. And so... uh, there has to be the right amount of balance in everything that there is for that to, to live and to eventually thrive. And if a tree looks sick, if you catch it in time, what can you do to it? You can make sure that the soil around it is right. You can replant it. Uh, you know, I was just listening to uh, uh, somebody, uh, a gardener and stuff, and they were talking about transplanting a tree or a, or a tomato plant from one pot to another, from a smaller one to a bigger one. And then they're amazed at how well that, that plant grows because its roots have the ability to spread out and grab more, and so it grows, and, and the flowers come and stuff. And so if you catch a tree that is sick, and then you start tending to it properly, you're going to bring life back to it. It'll come back. Genesis chapter 1 verse 20. Then God does the same thing with the waters. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly over the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. 
And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day. And so now we have the same thing, but we have life within the waters. So you have the earth, and then God speaks about the vegetation, and the earth brings that forth. And now He's speaking to the waters, and now the waters are bringing forth life. You take a fish out of water, and what's it going to do? It's going to die. Why? Because within that water is its life source. The water sustains their life. They find their food. They find their nutrients. They find everything that they have need of. Their oxygen, all is in the water and and God frames them so that they handle that. Mm. Verse 24. We're going to see where God now creates the animals and creepy things. He says creeping, but I call them creepy. Creepy. Verse 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth. Now, this is the earth again, okay? So it's going to be sustained by the earth. Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds. And everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So for these animals and these creepy things. You take away their source of food. You take away their source of water. You take away their source of nutrients. What's going to happen to them? They're going to die. And again, it's the earth that is providing for them. It's the earth that is sustaining their life verse 26 and this is the when he creates man without forming him yet Genesis 1 <coughs> then God said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock And over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Isn't that awesome? And so he's done all of this for the earth. The earth is bringing forth things. And then he says, then he creates man. And then he says to man, he says, This is what's going to sustain your life. You take dominion over all of this. You take dominion over the fish, over the birds, over the creatures, over the vegetation. You take dominion. You have it. Why? Because it's going to be our source of life. It's going to be what sustains us. You decide that you're not going to eat and you're not going to drink. What's going to happen to you? You're going to die. In verse 28, he gives his charge to man now. And God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion 
over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. It's going to be our source, our sustaining of life. Verse 30, and every beast of the earth and every bird of the heavens to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life. I have given every green plant for food and it was so. And so God is setting limits. He's letting us know how we're to live on earth. Because remember, he created earth and then he filled it with stuff so that when we came along, it would sustain us. Verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. Everybody say very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So God expects man to have life and to sustain his life from the earth, from all the things that God has prepared on the earth for our provision. Isn't that amazing? Man is to get our food from the earth if he wants to live and thrive. From the trees that yield fruit, from the vegetation that yield vegetables, from the water on the earth, from the birds, everything. He's, it's our provision to sustain our physical life. So we are connected to the earth. We find life from the earth. We have not only the vegetation that we can eat, but the animals and all the creepy things that walk on it. It's all ours. But God intends for us to have a balance in these to live and to be sustained and to thrive. We need all of these in balance or we will get out of whack and not be able to uh, fill and walk in our full potential. We'll still be alive. We'll still be living, but we'll be limited. We won't be at our full capacity and our full capabilities Take away any of these and we will not be at our peak for living. Stop eating and eventually you're going to die. Stop drinking and eventually you're going to die. So we have to understand that God has given us these things. And he's got great plans for us. But if we fail to maintain our bodies, our physical bodies, we won't live at the peak level that God desires for us to live at. If God, if we believe that God has great plans for our lives and awesome plans for our lives, then we have to maintain a healthy physical balance. We may not die right away, but we will limit our ability to do all that God has called us to do. In James, he speaks of this and it's kind of, uh, you know, let me just read it. James 2.26 for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So when our bodies cannot maintain the spirit in us, then we're going to die. 
And we can bring that along. We can quicken that. Or we can live in balance and, and let the earth sustain our lives, our physical bodies, so that the spirit still has a place to rest within us, to dwell within us. If we don't eat or drink or exercise in balance, then we're going to die. We have to have the earth and the things of the earth to live and sustain our lives. <laughs> and this is a great message. But if you've been here any length of time, you've heard me say this. And, and we have to have this understanding. This is the foundation we need to have. There's more to this message, but, you know, that's why I have job security. Then next week you have to come back and I get to share the, some more and the next week. But it's, it's necessary for us to have this understanding. Because if we don't have this understanding, then we're going to miss the rest of it. You've heard me say, if you've been here for a long time or a short time, it doesn't matter. You've heard me say this. We're the only creatures that live in both worlds. We live on earth, but we also live in the heavens. We touch both of those. God has caused us to live on earth, to live down here, be natural, but also to have life from Him. We're the only ones. But we have to understand that when he created the earth and the earth called forth all of this stuff or brought forth all of this stuff that God called for, it was for us. It was for our living, for our sustainability. And then... We come to this great work of God where he comes down to the earth and he takes the dust of the earth and he forms man and then he breathes into him his life and man becomes a living being. You see, we're the only creatures that God has done that with. We're the only ones who can think and think rationally. Think with emotions think with the thoughts from heaven now I'm not saying cats and dogs and whatever other pets you have don't think but they don't think like us and I know that they do supernatural things and you know at times to save life and everything else but they're not like us Genesis 2.7 is the account of this. It says, Then God formed the man from the dust of the ground, earth, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, heaven, and the man became a living creature. So, here's what I want us to see this morning. Just like in the natural, if you stop eating, if you stop drinking, if you stop exercising, eventually you're going to die. But in the spiritual realm, the same truth applies. 
You stop eating God's word. You stop listening to the Holy Spirit and be directed by Him. You stop drinking of His water. You stop paying attention to God and you're going to die spiritually. You might be born again now, but if you don't purposely do the things that we need to do, just like eating and sleeping and drinking and exercising, if you don't do that with your spiritual walk, you are going to be dead and not too long. And just like that song that we heard, you might be living, but you're not alive. You're just going through the motions. God can't use you the way He intends to use you. Just as they had to be connected to the earth, we have to be connected to God if we're going to live a, a good, healthy, strong, spiritual life. And there's way too many of us that really don't care about either one. We don't really care about the physical and we don't really care about our spiritual life with God. And it comes down to this. If we're not born again by accepting the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our sins, we will live on the earth, but not much greater, get this, not much greater than an animal. You won't be any more useful than an animal is. You won't be able to do anything for God. You'll just get up in the morning. I was going to say you'll go to work, but now that's questionable. So many people don't even want to work anymore. But you'll get up, you'll go to work, you'll come home, and you'll go to bed, and then you'll get up, and you'll go to work again, and then you'll come home, and you'll go to bed again, and you think that you're living, and you're not. Living is when not only are you connected to the earth so that you can be sustained in that way, for your physical body, but you're also connected with God in your spirit, man. And that requires that we have to be born again. We can walk around in our physical bodies without an awareness of God or with a minimal awareness of God. You can know that God exists and happy for you. It's not going to do you any good. You can know that He died for your sins, that He was buried for you, that He paid the debt, that He was raised again from the dead for you so that you could have new life. You can know all of that, but until you put it into practice, until you accept that and become born again, it's not going to make any difference in your life. You can know it all day long, but it's not going to do you any good. God created us on purpose, for a purpose, and to walk in that, we have to be born again. Our spirit has to be made alive again through our accepting of Jesus Christ and His sacrifice for our sins and the forgiveness that God offers us through Him. Try as hard as we want, try as much as we want, we are never, ever going to be all that God desired us to be without us being born again. You can think good thoughts, you can try and do good things, but it means absolutely nothing if you're not born again. And there's scriptures that talk about that as well. We don't have time this morning. but We don't have the power, the wisdom, the will to live the life that God has called us to do 
and that he will hold us accountable to as well without being born again. Diana mentioned it earlier, and if you've been here for any length of time, you've heard this. We are spiritual beings having a temporary human experience. Our bodies are going to wear out one day, but your spirit is going to live forever. And you are not going to make a difference in this world until you become born again. Otherwise, you're going to walk around on the earth just a little bit greater than an animal. Mm. If we want to live at our peak living spiritually, enjoying the life that God gives us down here, feeling fulfilled in our life because we are doing what we were created to do, then we need to be born again. And being born again is only the beginning. It's not the end. We've made it the end. Oh, you're born again. Great. You're going to heaven when you die. But we don't tell them that you got a life to live while you're down here before you die. And go to heaven. So I just want to encourage you. If you've never received Jesus Christ. And his forgiving of your sins. Make today the day that you do that. Stand with me if you will please. It sounds something like this if you've never received Jesus Christ. If you've never made that confession. To be born again, this is what it sounds like. God, I know that I have sinned and I cannot save myself. I accept your free gift of Jesus Christ for the forgiving of my sins. And I receive your spirit to make me born again and alive unto you. Come into my life now in Jesus' name and fill me with your spirit. And so I want to encourage you today, if you've never made that step, make it today. Make it today. You are not living a real life until you are born again. Until God comes and he causes our spirits to be alive. Oh, you may eat, you might drink, you might exercise, you might breathe, you might look like you're living, but you're just living in the natural. And God has called us not only to live in the natural, but to live spiritually minded. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day and the love that you have for us. Thank you for the truth of your word, Father. And Lord, I pray that you would stir and awaken us. That we're not here just to live in the natural, but we're here because you have plans and purposes for our lives. And Father, we want to walk in them. We want to do the things that you've prepared 
in advance for us to do and that you created us to do. And so, Father, I pray that we would not be a people who are just sustained by what the earth can bring life to and sustain us with. But, Father, may we be connected to you spiritually. May we walk with you in mind and with your spirit leading us and guiding us. That we can become all that you've destined us to become. And that we can truly say, then we are living. And not only are we living, but we are well alive. In Jesus' name, amen.